It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race fans, presented by Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs, online at joescarding.com. Fast-paced white knuckle racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Carding today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. And uh, boy, Dirk, do we have a hell of a show lined up for you today. Joining us as a special guest, James Rowland of Rowland Race News. How's it going, guys? One of the newest licensed Nebraska State drivers. Finally. Congratulations. Is that what the special part's all about? Yes. (laughs) That's actually the surprise. I'm not going to eat the triple atomic challenge wings tonight. That was actually the big surprise. No, I I don't think that's going to work that way. I don't think so either. Uh, We have a lot to talk about for today's show. And uh, big thanks to everybody for joining us on Facebook Live for the time being as we get set up for all of our Eagle Raceway Track Champions interviews uh, Monday night. Just after the championship day at uh, Phoenix Raceway, uh, we're down at Quaker Steak and Lube again uh, doing some interviews. So uh, if you guys on Facebook Live want to come out to Quaker Steak and Lube, we'd love to have you. We've got a lot of drivers, Joby Danley, Matt Andrews, Dylan Richards, Jordan Grabowski, even the man, the myth, the legend, Roger Hayden is going to join us tonight and do interviews. You can find a full schedule on the Fred Stretch Facebook page. All right, Dirk, let's get into it. Do you want to do race results first, or do you want to do headlines first? Um, I think we got a couple uh, headlines that we probably need to cover first. Let's start locally with uh, some very scary news. Woke up, uh, was that Sunday morning? Uh, Yes. Sunday morning, we woke up to the news. Uh, Kylie Hyatt, wife of Shane Hyatt. Shane, a local uh, modified driver throughout the area in the 21H. Shane uh, just had what I can only could call a medical issue uh shane had they were traveling to i believe to lincoln uh or columbus to meet up with some friends they were at a gas station shane went in to pay for the gas came back out later and uh sat down in the car uh picked up his phone about ready to pull away and all of a sudden he just became paralyzed in his right hand side uh kylie called the uh, 911 was able to get uh, help to him they life flighted him to UNMC in Omaha, and the most we know right now is that uh, he had a massive brain, brain bleed. Correct. I said yesterday that was going to bleed over into today, and it absolutely did. Uh, and he had a massive brain bleed, which uh, to me screams aneurysm, uh, but I'm sure many things could cause it, a brain bleed. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, among other things, with his racing career, it could have been a, a blow to the head several years ago that, that came to light now. Yeah. You know, many things. Right, absolutely. could have been anything. But either way, uh, Shane was put into emergency surgery. Seems like everything in that initial surgery went well. Doctors came out and said that they were uh, very happy with the way the surgery went. Uh, as of Monday night, last I had heard, they... Uh, were weaning him off the drugs that were keeping him sedated and he was responding to friends and family that they were allowing to come in but they were trying very hard to not task his brain the scary thing is that as as the time of the recording we don't know the severity of the damage it could be anywhere from no damage to uh he could have brain damage he could have uh he could be paralyzed Uh, it's very scary as to how far this needle can can move before it finally lands on where he's at Right. I mean, any time you're into any type of brain deal, it can, 
you know, it could be something that escalated very quickly. I mean, it seems like they caught it fairly quickly, reacted quickly, um, did everything they were supposed to do. Um, but, yeah, you just don't know if it was quick enough. Yeah. Uh, and kind of somebody was saying it today. I mean, just the amount of things that Kylie Hyatt has had to deal with, the, the heaviness she's had to have on her shoulders uh, with some of the stuff that happened over the last few years. Uh, that woman is, is taking everything that, that uh, fate or, or, or you know, uh, whatever is throwing at her, uh, and she's handling it like a champ like I would expect her to. She's an amazing woman, and uh, obviously our thoughts and prayers are going out to those guys. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts about uh, being able to raise money for Shane. Uh, I was talking with, uh, I think, his best friend, Jared, and, and he said they're, uh, they, the life flight alone is, is enough to set somebody into lifetime bankruptcy. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I haven't read anything on what his status is as far as health insurance or yeah. anything like that. So, but that's all covered under health insurance. That's in your catastrophic major medical category yeah so yeah and, and i my big fear is like it's happened to a lot of people you know those insurance are, companies are going to find any way they can to say well you know what we'll cover the first three miles of the life flight but according to your policy uh you're you're you got to cover the rest of the trip you know something stupid like that so uh there's a lot of fundraisers going on we've uh, set up a GoFundMe, which uh, you can get the QR scanners here. You can find the GoFundMe link on uh, the Front Stretch's Facebook page. It's been shared out all over the place. You can also um, pick up a sticker. We've uh, reached out to Demon Decals. They've agreed to do stickers for this. Uh, we're going to be selling stickers as soon as they're ready. As of the time of the recording of this, they were getting printed and cut, so hopefully they'll be available by Wednesday or so. And, uh, and, and we'll be able to start getting those out. All the proceeds are going to go towards, uh, towards Shane and, and their medical expenses and, and getting them covered there. So um, a lot of different moving parts with fundraisers. I know there's feeds being talked about. There's past the helmets being talked about. There's also a Pinnacle Bank account that has been set up. I believe you can go under... Uh, any Pinnacle Bank location in Nebraska, and you can donate to the Shane Hyatt benefit slash medical account. That money will go directly to Shane and to, to Kylie to be able to pay the bills however they see fit. It's not just medical bills. It could be uh, daycare for the kids as Shane's in treatment. It could be gas to and from. They're going to have a lot of expenses uh, just getting stuff taken care of. So that'll all be available. You can, uh, you can find all that information on the Front Stretch Facebook page. I know I saw a lot of different people that were, were jumping in and trying to help out. I would just say, you know, unfortunately, there are scammers out there. I'm not calling anybody on my Facebook feed a scammer. Uh, but just be very careful about who you're donating to and how you're donating. Make sure it's a legitimate person and make sure it's a legitimate location. Uh, so that's, that's, I guess that's my soapbox right there. That's a fine soapbox to stand on. All right. It didn't break on me. Very scary situation there. And, man, I, uh, Sarah and I were talking about it Sunday morning, and she goes, that just goes to show you you can never take any day for granted. I mean, it could just. No, nope, Just not at all, all of a sudden you, you sit down in your vehicle, you're ready to pull away with a good night of, of uh, hanging out with friends, and next thing you know you're in a, a hospital bed in intensive care. So uh, it's, it's scary stuff that, that uh, goes on down there, but uh, that can go on I mean, in, in your life. So, um, all right. Now we're going to continue with more sad news. Sunday morning, we got word that Ty Gibbs, who had won the Xfinity Series Track Championship, 
Not Excuse track me. championship. <laughs> the Xfinity Series A little, little series bit bigger than that, Dan. A little bigger. <laughs> uh, was not going to be driving the number 23 for 2311 racing due to a family emergency. Speculation started kind of going around. There was a lot of conversation about what was going on. And just before the drop of the green flag, Joe Gibbs Racing confirmed that Ty Gibbs had passed away. Coy uh, Gibbs geez. had passed away. Coy Gibbs had passed Ty away. Ty Gibbs' father. Do you want to take this for me? Joe Gibbs' son. And uh, they said uh, their statement was that he had joined the Lord in his sleep. So still speculation on exactly what happened. There hasn't been anything released yet. Um, the only thing I did find when I was reading through a bunch of with stuff from my people that I know up in North Carolina is that it happened within hours, you know, of him, of uh, Ty Gibbs winning his championship. He knows Ty was a champion before he passed away, but I, I, to me it means it, something else. It, you wouldn't think within a couple hours, you know, if Ty wins a championship at 5 o'clock, you wouldn't think his dad's in bed at 7 or 8 o'clock. Yeah. So... But, again, that's speculation. I, I don't know anything. Um, yeah, he, he might have been having some sort of neurological issue. He was feeling tired, and so he went back to the camper to maybe take a nap or to, to call it a night, and he'd, well, he'd get up the next day and, and try to get Christopher <coughs> Bell a championship. I mean, they, they didn't even say he was at, in Phoenix, but you would sure think he would have been. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, the, the development of this story is just so incredibly heartbreaking. Obviously, you feel for Ty, who just went from – the elation of winning a uh, series championship, not a track championship. He won a series championship, uh, celebrating with his family, his crew, and, and then getting the word that, that his dad had passed away. And then my heart goes out to Joe Gibbs, who has already had to deal with the pain of losing one child. Uh, now both of his children have passed away. Um, I mean, and, and then the entire Joe Gibbs racing crew, I mean, uh, Coy was a co-owner and major part of that team of, of the competition side from what I heard from some of the drivers talking about his role in the organization. Uh, JD was more of the financial side of it, and Coy, when he kind of stepped in, was more of the competition side of it. But Well, JD ran the whole deal. JD okay. was the operations, I mean, CEO, whatever you want to call it, for the, all four teams, mm -hmm. plus all the lower division stuff. I mean, he ran the whole show until he passed. And from what I understand, Coy had stepped into that role. At, I mean, the, just the development of that story was just so heartbreaking. On a day that everyone's trying to focus on winning a championship, they had the 20 of Christopher Bell, had a shot at it, and that team had to somehow find a way to focus. And I think for about 90% of that race, they did a fantastic job. Uh, unfortunately, an issue on pit road, which I understand, uh, the Jackman uh, got his hand pretty severely destroyed. Uh, I think the term was degloved. Did you hear that story where he something happened with the jack, and that's the reason why that slow pit stop where uh, Christopher Bell was on pit road for about 20, 24 seconds. Apparently his jack man, something happened, and the skin just got ripped off of his hand. From and what so, I read, and it may not have been from a credible source, but the way that I understand it, the he got his finger caught between the spindle and the lug nut, mm. and it... Yeah, just kind of degloved it, took everything right off the bone like a chicken wing. But, again, not sure on the source for that, just to scroll through Facebook. Either way, definitely going to be thinking about the Bell crew, too. Absolutely. And from there, Bell was kind of out of it. But uh, but I, I think they did put up a valiant effort uh, to, to chase that title. And I think they had a very good shot going into the last, that last pit stop, which mm -hmm. ended up sealing their fate. 
Uh, also got word Sunday morning that Steve Latart was going to be missing the Phoenix broadcast. Apparently he had an emergency appendectomy that went very well. So he was fine. Um, and then we also found out earlier, I think that was on Friday, that uh, they had the press conference. Uh, Jimmy Johnson is back in the NASCAR community, and he has obtained ownership stake at Petty GMS. Uh, smart move for him. The initial thought of that was obviously there wasn't room for him over at Hendrick Motorsports or he would have gone that route. Or maybe he wasn't interested? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, I'm not thinking he wouldn't have been interested, but maybe he was, you know, just not in their thoughts that way. Yeah. You know, it didn't matter about room or anything, you know. Um, Jeff Gordon had already taken over the show. Mm -hmm. And that those two, I mean, basically the same qualifications – you know, as far as, you know, being on the uh, the man making the calls. So yeah. I just don't think they wanted any type of friction there. And as I have told you, and I, I think James read it too, because I put it on Facebook and I said it when, we, when I first heard it, that he's a name to go with this outfit and he's going to help their sponsorship dollars come in. Oh, immensely. And, and Richard Petty is old. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, don't I, don't want, I don't want nothing to happen to the he guy. Is. But he's up there in years. It, and listen, it's, if he passes on in the next year or two, the name will probably still be there. Mm -hmm. But people ain't going to deal with Kyle Petty like they deal with Richard Petty. Right. That's and, not going to happen. But they will deal with Jimmy Johnson like they deal with Richard Petty. He's got the magnetism to bring in the extra dollars. <clears throat> it's the same thing we saw with Tony Stewart joining Gene Haas. Right. Gene Haas had a, had a team. He had... He didn't funding. have four teams. He didn't have four teams. He had a team. He had decent funding. But when Tony Stewart came in, he brought star power that was able to bring sponsors like Old Spice and Mobile One and Hunt, Brother, well, Hunt Brothers was more Kevin Harvick. But Tony brought in some big sponsors. This is a very good move for Jimmy Johnson. And, and back to your point of talking about uh, Richard Petty, I mean, we're seeing a changing of the guard. The Petty Motorsports hasn't been anything since Richard retired, really. Yeah, they win a race every three or four years yeah. or something like yeah. that. You know, nothing consistent. Nobody sees them as a consistent threat on Sunday mornings when the races are about to start. You know, um, but see, yeah, you're seeing a change in the guard there. You're seeing a change over at Keselowski joining the Roush outfit. And, and that was my the next same point. same situation. We've seen Jack Roush and Roush Fenway Racing or Roush Racing or whatever it's been over the, uh, the last couple of years. Ever since that exodus with Matt Kenseth and uh, Carl Edwards, that team has not been the same. And now Brad has joined that team to bring some star power to it and to bring some new life back into it and to bring some funding back into it. I, I expect in a couple of years we're going to start seeing some, hopefully start seeing some things out of Petty GMS and, and whatever the name is going to be with Johnson attaching it to Because his name's got to be on the bill. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know how they're going to set it up. And I didn't, I, I was trying to read the article, but it, it was a little bit long and wordy and you know me with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. Is he? Is it now going to be like a three, Petty GMS Johnson? Is Jimmy buying GMS's portion? Um, I would be willing to bet, depending on how that the whole thing's structured, is he is uh, probably has part of Petty's because GMS took fifty one or fifty two percent. Okay. To be majority owner. Okay. So my guess is he's probably split whatever else is there with Petty is, is kind of where he came in just so Petty could bank some money mm -hmm. for his family 
going forward. And like yeah. I said, it, it's, it's kind of estate planning. Uh, I think this is a good move. I'm, I'm, and I'm excited to see Jimmy Johnson back in the sport. He, he went and did the IndyCar thing for a little while, and when that ended, uh, he, he said that uh, what the, their, in, their season ended about a month ago, and he, he said, ah, we just I didn't know what next thing was going to happen, and then he just kind of started talking around, all of a sudden he's part owner of Petty GMS. <laughs> well, that was, that was obviously in the works for some time. That didn't happen in, in a week or two. I didn't get that sense. He said after the season at Indy had ended, he had no idea what he was going to be doing. Yeah, I think there was an idea of what was going to happen. The people that are cracking me up were saying that his, his stint in Indy cars was just a bucket list deal. And I'm like, nope, nope. Kurt Busch's <laughs> one Indy 500. That was a bucket, that was a list, bucket deal. list deal. Yeah. You don't race a couple seasons for your bucket list. Yeah. Jimmy struggled his final season in the Cup Series, but he wasn't done racing yet. He wanted to keep driving. And so he got that out at the IndyCar. Because obviously racing a, a partial season or going to race in a full season in the Xfinity Series didn't interest him. Well, so he wanted no. to go do something else, so he went and raced Indy. But I think this is a great move for, for Jimmy Johnson. Yeah. Absolutely. And Runner. he's, um, I believe in the articles that I've read, he plans on doing at least five races in the Cup Series next year starting at Daytona. So it'll be pretty interesting to see Jimmy back behind the wheel of a Cup car. I'm surprised he's picking a place like Daytona. I was, To be too. honest with you. You know, I could see him doing Richmond. Martinsville, Texas, Charlotte. No. He was always good at those tracks. Yeah, but those are high-speed tracks. Those are yeah. dangerous tracks. I see him going to Martinsville. The odds of getting seriously well, hurt at Martinsville are very low. The same with Richmond. But you, you know, know this as well as I do. He's attempting to qualify for the Daytona 500. If he makes it, he just made a boatload of money for his team. Well, exactly. Because that, that, it, it sounds attempting to qualify means that they're going to run a special car for him that is not going to be chartered. Oh, no, they're not going to charter a car for you know, five, seven races. That ain't going to happen. You know. So he's not guaranteed a starting spot. He's not going to get this extra money. But Daytona still has a substantial purse that, like you said, that's the only track of the last couple of years that we've really seen a consistent 40-car field, and a couple of cars have to go home. Right. But, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's good for the sport. I really think that. Um, I'm just surprised that he's picking a track like Daytona. It's, that's obviously a money move. Mm -hmm. You know, if he goes down there and uh, – uh, doesn't cut a good qualifying lap because they take a couple guys just off of, off of speed in qualifying that are locked in along with the charter teams. And then there's like two guys that have to qualify through the twins. If he's one of those two guys and would get crashed in the twins, then there was a whole lot of expense with not much coming back. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's a very big possibility, unfortunately. I think that's all the news we got. You got anything else? No, not, not news news. I mean, we kind of got... One last race to talk about. Yep. Uh, so let's talk about that race. Uh, Joey Logano, 187 laps led. Really was the class of the field most of the day. Got out there in clean air and was really able to take advantage of it. Got a little marred in traffic from time to time. Uh, one stage one, finished second in stage two, which means absolutely nothing for him. For the four championship guys, stage points mean nothing. They don't right. get any stage points. Everybody else does get stage points, but... Uh, Jimmy, uh, Joey was all about working on the car, making sure it stayed out front, and, uh, and, and having a shot there at the end. And um, I don't, I, you know, obviously we were sitting here doing giveaways and, and talking with friends and, and enjoying uh, a couple of uh, chicken wings. Just a, a couple. couple. Just a couple. <laughs> Just a couple. <laughs> Maybe a toss them back with a couple Oktoberfests. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just, just a couple. Uh, but 
it kind of it, it really did feel like Joey Logano had that race in control. Uh, there was a couple of other leaders. Uh, AJ Allmendinger was able to swing in there during a green flag stop, but really Ryan Blaney. Uh, and Chase Briscoe were the only other two substantial leaders. Ryan Blaney leading 109 laps. Fellow Penske teammate for Joey Logano. Uh, Blaney ended up finishing second. Other playoff contender, Ross Chastain third. Kind of felt like he had a shot there late in that race with, what, 15 to go that he might be able to track down Joey Logano. Couldn't wall ride at that place. Couldn't do it. He said he he said it, He said thought about it, but it, it, it wouldn't have worked. He was too far back, and he felt like the way the wall was, it wouldn't react the same way, so... Yeah, he, he really didn't give it a shot. Yeah, Fords were absolutely the class of the field at Phoenix. Either the class of the field or on fire, but that's pretty much just Ford. <laughs> yep, that's what Ford stands for, fire on race day. That's right. So Chastain brings it home in third place at Phoenix, second place in the points. Then it was Briscoe and Harvick rounding out the top five. William Byron, Kyle Busch, Denny Hamlin, Kyle Larson, and Christopher Bell round out the top ten. Bell ends up finishing third in the point standings. The favorite going into the day, Chase Elliott, uh, just to stir up some conversation, how did you feel about the Chase Elliott-Ross Chastain deal? When it first happened, I thought it was a racing deal, but after watching the replay a couple times, he could have lifted and given Chase a chance to save it. Could Chase have saved it? Who knows? Yeah. But he didn't give him a chance. He just kept, he just flat-footed it and kept going. Yeah. And, but when you're racing for a title... I really don't have that big a problem with that. But that's just another guy that's putting a target on Ross's back for next year. Yeah. He's uh, got half the field that wants a shot. I <laughs> <laughs> uh, have to catch him first. Yeah, Ross is, uh, is kind of racking up some uh, IOUs that, that he might have a, a rough third year with Trackhouse Racing next season uh, just simply because he's got some drivers that aren't going to cut him slack or are not going to give him a chance to move them. I mean, I'd be calling some guys. I'd call Chase Elliott and offer him free watermelons for life or something. <laughs> you know. <laughs> uh, and I, I had no problem with the move. I felt like, yeah, it was early in the race. Okay, but um, Ross Chastain was running for a tra- championship based on the way he has driven this year. I was not. I felt like Ross, yeah, could have cut him some slack, but I got no problem with it. It's the championship race. It's the chance to win the, the biggest trophy of your life. And... Like I was thinking about with him, and, and a lot of other drivers. There's been so many drivers that have had a shot to win a championship one season, and then it never materialized for years after that. I think a Carl Edwards who had two shots at it. Three. Uh, I think a Matt Kenseth who ended up winning a couple, but he was close several times. Who knew if he was ever going to win it? I mean, you're talking about Jimmy Johnson that won five straight championships, seven total. That man never, never gave up on an opportunity to win. And, and it proved by the number of championships he's got. So I had no problem with what Ross did. I, I take no issue in it, but and I know that we need to move this along so we can get into the track champion interviews, but I'm really starting to get a sense of that late 90s, early 2000s hero versus villain personality yeah. starting to come back into NASCAR. And that's honestly what we need. You Absolutely. and I have talked about it. I think Chase Elliott, I think Kyle Larson, uh, Christopher Bell. These are incredibly talented young drivers. Ryan Blaney in there too. But they are boring. They're ho- like Chase's interview afterwards. The 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 inter- uh, the uh, the reporter teed it up for him. What happened from your angle? And he said he looks at kind of scared in the camera and just said, well, "I'm just really happy with our team today. Uh, I thought we put up a heck of an effort." And, uh, I, I think those sunglasses might have been hiding <laughs> something. He was mad, but he is a product of. 
tone it down and don't piss off your sponsors. And, and unfortunately, that's one of the major issues with NASCAR today and, and why I always love these interviews we get at local dirt tracks. And, and you know, with guys like Tony Stewart and Kevin Harvick, they'll, they're foaming at the mouth for a pit reporter to come ask him what happened. Yeah. <laughs> they're not afraid to say anything. It's some of the, some of the funnest at-track interviews that I have are ones where somebody is fired up. Yeah. Joey Logano ends up winning the Cup Series Championship. It's his second. I believe his first one was 2018. Did I see that right? Uh, 17 or 18. Yeah. Uh, so he uh, ends up putting on two. That's a big one. It, it, a lot of drivers have won one championship, but to follow it up with the second one kind of solidifies yourself a little bit. Well, I mean, you, you look at his former teammate, uh, Brad Kozlowski. Mm -hmm. You know, he won the third year, I think, of his cup career in 2012, the last one for Dodge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he's only been close like one other time. So... It's, like I said, when it happens, it happens, and you've got to be grateful. You've got to take it and move on to the next. Let's move on to the next. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. In turn yep. number two, Jacob Brown, Bragging Right late model track champion at IED Speedway, is going to join us. We'll be back on Thursday with another live show or another show that we're going to kind of recap the uh, NASCAR season, some more thoughts on it, get you some headlines. Uh, and we'll talk with uh, Austin Paul, who is the uh, track champion down at Adams County Speedway. We'll get into those. Um, and then uh, I think we're going to probably switch to one show a week after this week. Yeah. Just not a lot to talk about. No need to be to. Just not a lot of news. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll switch to once a week. I believe we're going to run those on Tuesdays. Uh, so make sure to be listening for that. Uh, once again, Jacob Brown just around the corner on the front stretch. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. This time I'm talking laptop screen replacement. We've all made the mistake of dropping our laptop. Maybe one of our animals stepped on it. Maybe we set something heavy on top of it and we just didn't realize it was too heavy. And you go to turn that laptop screen on, there's a giant crack across it. That doesn't mean your laptop is completely worthless. In just a couple of days of turnaround, I can easily get your laptop screen replaced. And usually it's for a pretty reasonable price. Don't think your laptop is completely wasted just because you have a broken screen on it. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641, or shoot me an email, tailoredcomputersandrepair at gmail.com. I'd be glad to give you an estimate on how much it's going to cost to replace your laptop screen. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, doing our final I-80 Speedway track champion interview uh, let's see. No, actually, we've got one more. Well, yes, we've got we got to do Kyle Burke still, don't we? Yep. Uh, and I was going to say, I think you've probably got the most track champions of anybody on our list, but Kyle's probably going to challenge you with maybe, what, four or five track championships at IED Speedway? And you've I had don't know. Had more than that. Four? You're at four, five. right? You're five. at five? Yeah. That's going to be pretty close to see who's got the most. Jacob Brown joining us, driver of the number 92, Bragg and Wright late model. Uh, appreciate you coming on the show, despite your uh, apprehension. <laughs> we're we're good. I'm here. All right. <laughs> Besides your hate of the word final or finale, yeah. he's not, not been a huge Dan Taylor fan for most of the year. 
<laughs> yeah, I kind of milked that final quite a bit. Yeah, I'm aware. <laughs> That's why I didn't go in the pit, the stands the past cu- the last couple nights. I didn't have to listen to you. <laughs> Just stayed in the pits. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's why there was 750 people in the pits during the World. I World even World offered race. if you'd stop saying that crap, we'll get you an elevator for next year. But <laughs> <laughs> looks like we're going to make you keep walking. I didn't know that was in the deal. I, t- I told you that. Oh, I might have known that. They're getting you an elevator to a place you're not going to go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Elevators right. going to get stuck halfway what, up, and you ain't going to be able to talk all night. Joe told me at the beginning of the year because I for years I hassled him. I said, when am I going to get a new booth? When am I going to get that booth that was up there was just a, I mean, it was a holy booth. It had massive holes in it to where raccoons could just stroll right through in and out of that thing. So I was was hassling it for years. I said, when am I going to get a new booth? Finally, he got me a new booth two years ago. (laughs) And so for the last two years, I kept telling him, when am I going to get an elevator? So he told me at the beginning of the year, he said, Dan, I finally got the elevator budget put together for 2024. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Never know. Never know. I'm I'm still hoping. I mean, it it's uh, that's a tough thing because uh, you know, like I mean, you've spent a lot of time out there. You got a lot of memories with the family and raising the kids out there and racing at Little Sunset with the kids. Yep. And we live when, out there three nights a week during the race season. In yeah, our camper. Yeah, Silver Dollar Nationals is always a great time for you guys. Yep, having a good time. Yep. This year was a big year for. I think actually the Braggenite late models have had a big year for the last couple of years. Seems like the competition has really stiffened up with new drivers coming in and challenging you and, and for your defending of the track championships and uh, seeing some really healthy car counts too. Yep, past couple of years I don't know what it was, Corona or what happened, but everybody got their butts in gear and got some cars. For all the classes, were pretty good for the most part and got a lot of car count. We have a lot of talented people show up and race with us and. It's good to see. Yeah, and it's I, I calling races with Stan. Like every time he, you know, we'd be calling the driver lineup, and and you'd start somewhere like fourth row, fifth row, sixth row, or something like that. And you know, he'd shut off his microphone. And he'd say, "Okay, here he comes. Here he comes." <laughs> and, and as I'm calling the race, and I'd look back, and sure enough, there you go. Okay, picked off one driver, picked off two yep. drivers, picked off three. Like you would, you, you had a real good feeling for when you needed to start going. Well, I could make the car go about anywhere on the track. I just went where they weren't. And then you got to get out of their air because whatever this aerodynamics and dirty air crap everybody talks about is kind of true with your nose taken off. So you just just go to where they're not, get your nose back on the ground and go. Yeah. I always kind of compared you a lot in my head to like Kevin Harvick for a long time of like there was like a season or two where he, he was known as where did he come from Harvick yeah the closer or whatever and and I, I would literally it was for like the last year and a half like I would be calling the end of the race and I'm like hey where's Jacob Br- oh wait there he is and now he's got the lead give me a couple late race <laughs> cautions and yeah we should be pretty good so I know you've got a hell of a crew that helps you out, and, and I, uh, you often joke about how sometimes you guys get into some pretty good fights about what to do with the car. It seems like you guys settle on some pretty good setups, though. Yeah, most of the time we usually figure it out. Uh, an example, this weekend we went out and the car was a complete pile of garbage in the heat race, so I get out and I threw a bunch of stuff at Bob, and then he got his act together. And then I made a couple dumb bonehead moves, and he threw some stuff at me after the race, but we're all good. (laughs) That's just how it goes. It sounds like it might be a good idea. He's closing. You guys might be able to mend the Oh, no, no, no. Now now he wants to go race all these short tracks, and I don't. I I don't think I don't trust myself on a short track. So if Eagle added Bragg and Wright late models on a weekly basis, I'd be at the frame shop every week. What's what's you be? 
Especially if Jake Bridge goes and races, too. Yeah, yeah. you guys have had a couple of run-ins, haven't you? <laughs> now nah, we're fine. All right. Well, now you are. Tolerate each other. <laughs> a couple hairy nights. Uh, I don't know if but, you go fast enough at Eagle to bend a frame, do you? Oh, I'm sure we can, yeah. Have you yeah. seen? You'd figure out have how to bend it anyway? I've, I've <laughs> seen cars that go away from that track that don't go back. Yeah. I would be down to go try it out. What? Let's assume that maybe the track doesn't open next year. Have you thought about, are you going to continue to run late models, or are you going to maybe focus on was, the kids? Cut, well, my thought was cut back quite a bit, but I kind of like Columbus's schedule, where it's every other Thursday, and they only race like eight times, so maybe do something like that. Get my kid racing go-kart weekly at Eagle or Cam, or get him a micro sprint and race Cam and anywhere. Mm-hmm. So... And then I don't know about Saturday. Just go to Harlan whenever we want or go out of town or do something. I don't know. Have you guys raced at Harlan this year? I have not raced at Harlan this year. My brother has, and they say it's all good. It's racy. Yeah. I've seen a couple videos. It looks like you can go about anywhere. Yeah. It's obviously just a little slower, but whatever. We'll figure it out. (laughs) But we're not going to race weekly there next year. No. Can it kind of slow down just a little bit? I don't know. How does Bob feel about this? He's fine. He's fine? <laughs> He's got enough side work going on. <laughs> He's fine. All right. Well, so you got a question? He might have to take over my kid one of these days anyway, so I'm slowly preparing him to that. So he can throw <laughs> things at your kid. Oh, they'll throw things at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Will you interview My kid's not far off of me. <laughs> <laughs> He's come in from some go-kart races and threw his helmet and his gloves at me because the car wasn't set up right. Jesus. Jesus, kid, it's just Who a teaches him that? Is it Sarah? Oh, no, he's watched me. Let's say it's before. Sarah. He's what? Yeah. We'll blame it on Sarah. Yep. I've seen her throw beers at people behind the bar, so we'll, we'll say <laughs> yeah. that. Yep, I believe it. <laughs> All right. Uh, God, fifth championship. Yeah, time to move up. Time for somebody to pony up and sponsor a motor program I guess. for me. And then I'll move up. Yeah. People have been telling you that for years. Quit picking on all the bragging right late model guys. Time to go up to Supers. I have an 11-year-old motor in the car, and it just keeps on plugging away. Jake I, don't, I don't have all this money that everybody thinks. Yeah, Jake Bridge needs a new motor. Yeah, he does. It's, most of it's on the front of my car after, <laughs> after that last race. Cody, was, Cody pointed at his car. He said, you ever seen an engine blow up forward? Because it was all down the front of his nose. Oh, yeah, was it was like, all over the, my car, too. <laughs> Jesus. I took a rag, and I wiped down my nose piece, and I told my kid... To go give it to them and tell them to ha- have some of their motor or some of their oil back. Some of their oil back. <laughs> 11-year-old motor. Good God. Yep. How many times you had to freshen? Every year? Nope. We just freshened valve springs. Yeah. And we're, I think we're going to sell it this year. But of I don't course. know how easy it's going to be able to sell a 200-race-hold oh. crate motor. Well, it's got five. But it's still, I mean, it sets fast time most nights. So. Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know. I'm sure there's just keeps going. There's Whatever year that was, I think it was 2013 we bought it brand new. And it's just, uh, maybe it was a good year, I don't know. Must have been when they still had good metal. Yeah, Seriously. I know last year wasn't a good year to buy one. Let me, let me go sell it to Jake Bridge. That's fine. <laughs> you come pick it up and you go take it to him. Hey, you know that engine that kicked your ass most nights? <laughs> <laughs> Here it is. Go run it for another 10 years. <laughs> no returns either. No, she blows we, up on night one, it's all yours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's your fault. Cody's fault. Uh, <clears throat> all right. Track Rider Track Championship. Um, how did you like running that topless? I actually, when we were racing, I didn't even think about the roof. I didn't look at nothing. 
I didn't even notice we didn't have a roof on yeah, until was, we got out of tech. And then I just climbed out of the top of the car, and I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot we didn't even have roofs on. <laughs> You've done that before, hadn't you? What? Hadn't you done a topless before? No, I haven't. No, you haven't. I've gone topless racing with Steve Kaziski and Craig Preble okay. before back in the Tora days, but I never you have been in that. one racing. Was there any advantage to it? I mean, is it just kind of a gimmick or any kind of it? Like, I know if, obviously this is a big one, but, you know, wingless it's, sprint cars to wing sprint cars – Huge difference. It's just aero thing that drove a little tighter without it, so we had to free it up. Yeah. And we freed it up. For example, we freed it up way too much for the heat race, so we were just couldn't go anywhere. We were just sideways and sitting there hanging out. <clears throat> couldn't get on the gas, so then we just tightened it up most of the way of what we normally do, and we were pretty good. I think if we would have started up front, we could have possibly possibly won. I don't know. Zach is pretty good, but, but it's actual- different starting in the front than starting 15th. Yeah. The actual deal is a gimmick for the fans to be able to see the driver. Yeah, I was kind of wondering what the whole deal with that was. And and I think they kind of threw that on you guys a little bit late, like maybe a couple of weeks before the race. I think it was a week before. We we just got a a sign or whatever with our checks that said topless. Okay. I I saw one of the Jorgensen's posted on Facebook there. That that was the the first I saw was when the Jorgensen shared it. Because even even though I maintain the IAD Facebook page, I had no idea. (laughs) You know how they they run sometimes. They forget to tell the guy that's supposed to talk about this stuff. (laughs) I know. I had to unfollow your page for a while. That's all right. (laughs) I think I'm still unfollowed on you because you kept writing all that final this, final that stuff too much. So Uh, I think I'm done. Okay. I got yelled at a couple of times, so I, th- I think I'm done with it now. Very good. I might have to post a couple more videos because I'm trying to get more people to send in thank you videos, and so far everyone's camera shy. You'll get them. <clears throat> There's plenty of people out there to do that. Eventually. Um, did, wasn't, there on the, wasn't there topless races scheduled at I-80 a couple of years ago? For like they were, but they got rained out every time. Yeah, There's four say. scheduled, we, and they yeah, got rained out because it. it was supposed to be a mini series, yeah. but then it never happened. Okay. All right. So I wasn't crazy. I kept asking Anthony about that, and he's like, ah, whatever he said. He should have known. He knew. Yeah. That's, when he doesn't know so He doesn't between, get to use the elevator for the first couple no. weeks. Between him and Dirk, if they don't know something, I don't think it actually yeah, happened. Probably didn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks to some of those great sponsors you got. Yep. We got uh, River City Heating, Cooling, Select Auto, Stone Creek Lawns, Steve's Yard Care, Usborne Books, Ralph Brown Attorney, Ward Fabrication, uh, Willie's Carburetors, Bayer Headers, Chevrolet Crate Motors that last forever. As, long as, you, as long as you bought them 10 years ago or longer. <laughs> yeah. Rocket Chassis, Integra Shocks. And Bob Ward, my crew chief. Bob Bolter, my crew guy, my wife, kids. They all make it go around. How come you don't got Dr. Malia on there? He has not ponied up any money. Why not? I don't know. Hmm. Surprised He's your a- wife hadn't got that handled. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a little bit nervous buying a new engine with all the engine issues they've had in the last two years? I am nervous. That's why I'm looking for a used one. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's over 10 years. Actually, I'm, I might not even get rid of mine. We're going to a short track. <laughs> if we're going to a short track, I won't even need a new motor. I'll just run this one until it blows. That's, that's a good sales tactic. I'll get Jake interested in it, and then all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 I don't want to sell it. And then he'll start wanting to pay more for it. Yep. I, I, I might not sell it. We might but then he's it. still got to buy a new if one. If we're racing less and not racing for points, right. might just do that. Might as well. And that engine might need to go Bob's down. Bob's been asking me for a new motor for about five years, yeah. though. Well, that engine might need off. to go down to the Speedway Motors Museum <laughs> of American <laughs> Speed. <laughs> I mean, it is an antique. It, it might be. It might in, go to the Hall of Fame. In the, in the world of engines, but, it's an antique. Yeah, it is. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Uh, thanks a lot for coming down. It was fun chatting with you. Yep, you, you too. enjoy the rest of that beer? Oh, yeah. And All probably right. another one. All right.
No red flag specials tonight. No. <laughs> is this going to be know. the final time we talk to you? Probably not. I couldn't resist. We'll talk my, to you next year. My kid will be next, probably. <laughs> yeah. He's a little, is he a better interview? No. Nah, you weren't bad tonight. I, I was tolerable tonight. He's Most bad. of the time, I can't even catch. Like, I'll literally like, catch like, little glimpses of Jake, Jacob as I'm like walking down the pit lane with my camera. He'll see me coming. He'll duck behind and jump into a truck because he doesn't want to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> Usually, I shouldn't be on camera, probably. No, that's the best kind. So. That's always the fun. <laughs> no. You're, listen, you're a better interview than Shane Stutzman. That's good. Okay, so you got that going for That's you. That's good. All right. Good job on the track championship. All right. Thank you. Again. Again. Yeah. Thank you. That's going to do it for us today. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with another show. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak & Lube. 